Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ernest, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that this summer is stressing the importance of being a good steward on the trail, finding ways to avoid contributing to crowding, and staying safe on public lands. We'll talk about how just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department encourages everyone to come out and experience state parks during its centennial, the 100th anniversary of the state park system, especially through service projects listed online at stateparks.oregon.gov. It's a way to enjoy the parts you love while doing activities like cleaning up trails and restoring wetlands. All right, in today's episode, we are talking about the peak of Cascade Mountain backpacking season, including the reopening of perhaps the most beautiful spot in Oregon's backcountry, along with a few tips for getting permits into popular spots. Finally, we take a close look at whether it makes sense to visit Waldo Lake this summer with a wildfire burning nearby that isn't going out anytime soon. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, in today's episode, we have a trio of topics. First, we're going to talk about the reopening of what might be the most famous alpine destination in Oregon, the magical, the sensational, the glorious Jefferson Park. The Forest Service announced today that the Pacific Crest Trail has reopened in the Jefferson Wilderness, and that means access to the alpine meadows and lakes at the base of Oregon's second tallest mountain has been restored. So we're going to talk about the best way to get in there coming up just a little bit later. Second, we're staying in the central Cascade Mountains and getting into something that I have dubbed the extra effort loophole in the permit system for the Mount Jefferson, Three Sisters, and Mount Washington wilderness areas. Now, this is a trick that should help you visit some in-demand places that always seem to have a shortage of permit access as long as you're willing to hike just a little bit farther. Finally, we're heading out to Waldo Lake to talk about whether it's worth visiting this season, given the fact that there is a decent-sized wildfire burning just a few miles away, and you can see it pretty obviously from the water, you can smell it, but the campgrounds are open, so what's the best choice? We actually traveled out there and talked to some people who've been camping there this summer, and you will get to hear from them directly about what it's like. Okay, well, let's get into it. Okay, so the big news announced just yesterday is that the Pacific Crest Trail has opened and access to the northern end of the Mount Jefferson Wilderness has been restored. That means for the first time in almost two years, for the first time since the Lion's Head fire swept all the way from Mount Jefferson into the Sandium Canyon, you can head into the area and check out how it looks. Now, it's hard to stress how big a deal this is for those of us who love Oregon's Cascade Wilderness areas because there's just no place quite like Jefferson Park. 
Sure, Timberline Trail has beautiful meadows, and for sure, the Green Lakes nestled between the sisters is definitely stunning. But I don't think there's a place where everything comes together quite like Jeff Park, with the mountain taking up half the sky, above clear pools, above wildflower meadows. And the good news is that by just about every account, Jeff Park did not burn in a significant way, although the forest around it definitely did. So let's talk about what that means and how you actually get there. It's a little complicated because the traditional trailheads that would bring you to Jeff Park are still closed. And that includes places like Whitewater Road, for example, that's not open. The Forest Service is encouraging people to get a permit and come in via trailheads such as Pamelia Lake or Bingham Ridge. Basically, you'd get your day or overnight permit on recreation.gov for whichever open trailhead you choose. Uh, you'd hike in there, like to Pamelia Lake, and then you take the Pacific Crest Trail north to Jefferson Park. It's not going to be a short trek, though. So, for example, from Pamelia, the closest one, we're talking about nine miles one way or 18 miles round trip. So that's not a short adventure. I will mention that there are some other legal ways to come in to the northern half of the, of the Mount Jefferson wilderness, and they would be a bit shorter. I did report on those, so you can probably figure it out, but it takes us down a rabbit hole of some really boss-level bureaucracy, and I'm a little bit weary about recommending them just because these areas did burn. They haven't been maintained, and so you don't really know what kind of conditions you're going to find out there. So... And that's the other thing. The PCT trail is open, but it's probably not going to offer much shade at all. So be prepared for that, especially on these really hot days. It's also worth mentioning that the PCT does close at the uh, boundary of Mount Hood National Forest, meaning you can't get into the Olali area. So just keep that in mind. So generally, I mean, with the PCT open, you're allowed to go and explore spots in that northern Mount Jefferson area. That means if you want, you can go up to places like Triangulation Peak and Boca Cave. But I don't think that you can count on the trails being in good shape up there. There might be a ton of downed logs across the trails. And as somebody who's hiked in a lot of wildfire scars uh, where the trails aren't maintained, it can get pretty ugly. So keep that in mind that this is really an at-your-own-risk undertaking. And if people have to come in and rescue you, that's going to be a lot harder for them too. So be careful. Be on your game. Don't get into trouble. All right, so if you haven't noticed, we have reached a really great moment for backpacking and hiking in Oregon's Cascade Range. We've had just enough cool nights to start killing off the hordes of mosquitoes out there. The lakes are at a wonderful swimming temperature. The fish are good in a lot of places, thanks in part to the wet spring and early summer. And most importantly, and I have to knock on wood here, there has really been no wildfire smoke in the air to speak of. As I record this, there is a red flag warning in Northern California and Southern Oregon, so I might be tempting fate here. But compared to last year, when a lot of places around the Cascades set records for the most days ever with unhealthy air, this year it's been kind of a dream. So the time has come to take advantage because really the best window for backpacking without those terrible mosquitoes in the Cascades is mid-August to early October. So it's really just barely two months, and for those of us with kids, it's even shorter. But of course, if your favorite places are in the central Cascades wilderness area, the Jefferson Sisters and Washington wilderness areas, 
it's not always too easy to get permits into the iconic places, especially on weekends. So just a quick reminder, if you haven't been following along with this, if you're planning to hike or backpack anywhere in those almost half a million acres of central Cascade wilderness areas, you need a special overnight permit and you might need a day permit if you're going to hike into the most popular places. And you get those permit from everybody's favorite website, recreation.gov. But one aspect that I wanted to bring back to people's awareness is something that we talked about on this podcast a few years ago called the extra effort loophole. It seems to be one of the things that people overlook, but the reality is once you legally access the wilderness areas using this permit system, the world is your oyster. You can go wherever you want. And this knowledge is really helpful for both popular day hikes and tough to get overnight permits. Here's the trick. You can start at less popular places and get a permit for those. And if you're willing to go a little bit farther, you can reach the more popular places where it's a little tougher to get the permits. And this applies a little bit differently for day hikes and for overnight use. So we talked about the first aspect of it, the day hike part of it. A few years ago with friend of the podcast, Franziska Weinheimer from hikeoregon.org. So here's what we said back then. The second thing, and this is on a completely unrelated topic, but I hate to call this a loophole, but there is something to consider for this day hiking system. So Francisca, do you want to talk about how it's possible to day hike in from a non-permit spot and then into an area that might be controlled by a permit? I think we could call this the extra effort permit loophole. <laughs> Basically, it's starting at a, a day hike at a trailhead that doesn't require a permit and hiking into an area that does require it. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a little extra effort. Um, but there are two of these that come to mind. The first one is hiking into Duffy Lake. So Duffy Lake Trailhead does require a day use permit. However, if you are up for like just a little bit longer of a hike, you can start at Maxwell Butte or Maxwell Snow Park. Um, that is a awesome parking area, has a pit toilet and everything. And then you can hike into Duffy Lake via the Lava Lakes Trail 3433. And this does take a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a longer uh, day hike, but it works. It gets you into Duffy Lake. And remember, if you do plan on backpacking at Duffy, you do need a overnight permit. But that's a great exception for a day hike that is permitted where you can um, start at a non-permitted trailhead. And the other exception is going into Tinas Lakes. Um, instead of starting at the Benson Lake Trailhead, you would start um, on the west side of the wilderness at a really small trailhead that definitely requires some driving on gravel back roads and such. But the hike on the Benson Lake Trail 3502 to Tinas Lakes is similar length. It's just not quite as scenic. You aren't passing by Benson Lake and and little... Uh, wildflower meadows and such, uh, but it gets you there and it's a little bit of a loophole. So, Yeah. And it's nice. I mean, the, the one you're talking about there, you take that different trailhead and you can access that area where you can get up to Scott mountain um, exactly. or you could, hike, you could hike back down to Benson Lake if you wanted to. Yes. Um, totally. I, I talked to the forest service about this just to make sure that we weren't going to get people in trouble. And they said, yeah, this, this is legit. You are allowed to do this. What they said was it, these uh, non-permitted trailheads, basically you fill out like a self entry permit the way you have in the past, Right. you right. carry that okay. in your backpack. And so if you get stopped by a ranger, 
and they say, hey, where's your permit? You you can take that oh, out. Okay, so and that's your proof that you parked at a different trailhead. That is your proof, yeah. Perfect. Um, apparently okay. it'll have like the name the name on it. So this loophole is legit. And awesome. I, I mean, their <laughs> whole deal here has just been reducing the craziest areas for parking and shoulder to shoulder hiking. So if you come into those areas, once people are already spread out, it's not violating the spirit of this idea or anything. All right, so a similar idea applies, and I'd argue is even more helpful for the overnight permits. For example, Marion Lake Trailhead is, per, is a pretty tough permit to get on weekends especially. But if you really want to go there and are willing to put in that extra effort, it's much easier to get an overnight permit to enter if you go in from the Pine Ridge Trailhead from the south or from the Bingham Ridge Trailhead to the north. Now, those are longer hikes, but with the extra effort, you'll get to the same place you want to go, that being Marion Lake, and it is 100% legal. And the fun thing is, you're even allowed to cross wilderness boundaries on the Pacific Crest Trail. So a great example of this is the Mackenzie Pass Pacific Crest Trail Trailhead. Now, technically, this is in the Mount Washington Wilderness, and as such, it typically has a lot more open permits. But here's the thing. If you get an overnight permit for that McKenzie Pass PCT trailhead, you can go into the Three Sisters, into Mount Washington. You can kind of go wherever you want to go. So this is helpful because you can travel from that PCT McKenzie trailhead and go south into the Three Sisters Wilderness to reach places where it might be hard to get permits for otherwise, including places like the Matthew Lakes or Scott Meadow. I'm sure there are plenty of other examples, but the point is, it's here, and if you're willing to hike just a little bit farther, it pays off. The Forest Service has great maps where you can look at all the trailheads, and you can kind of look and say, hey, I want to go to this lake, but this trailhead, the closest one, eh, it's pretty hard to get a permit. So let me look at these other options and see if that works. So that's that's all it is. It pays off. Anyway, if you want to double check your plan about what's allowed and what's not allowed, there's actually a specific email address where you can send and get answers to your wilderness permit specific questions. And that is sm.fs.ccwp at usda.gov. Again, the special email address to get your questions answered about what's allowed and what's not allowed. It's sm.fs.ccwp at usda.gov. I'm Andy Geisler. I'm a forester at the American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. Like you, I love the outdoors. On many days, the forest is my office. I work on the ground with public lands agencies on good forest management projects. Forest management helps achieve important conservation goals while providing sustainable timber. Science-based forestry helps improve wildlife habitat, outdoor recreation, clean air and water. And it's essential to providing renewable, climate-friendly wood products. Learn more about us at amforest.org. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. So the trails of the Oregon coast and the Tillamook Coast are popular for good reason. They offer everything from panoramic ocean views to stands of venerable old growth trees. With the need to get outside and experience these places stronger now than ever, you'll find their parking lots and trails are also often full. 
With a little pre-planning, you can avoid the crowds and discover some new favorite trails. Visit our trails and recreation map online at TillamaCoast.com. You can choose from a wide variety of lesser known trails. Not only will you be opening yourself up to new discovery, but you'll be helping to ease the wear and tear on many of our most crowded spots. So once again, check out TillamaCoast.com to get started with your less traveled adventure. All right, up next, we are going to hit on what has been a pretty pressing question this recreation season, and especially now, and that is whether to visit Waldo Lake. Now, in the same way that the peak Cascade backpacking season happens once the mosquitoes start to die off in mid to late August, the same is very definitely true at Waldo Lake, where mosquitoes are notoriously bad until late August, September, and October. So that's kind of the high Waldo season that I think of. Meaning, right now, as I look at it, August 17th, we are just entering the best Waldo season. Problem is, there is a pretty good-sized wildfire nearby. The Cedar Creek Fire is 4,800 acres as of Wednesday, and it's about two miles from the west shoreline of Waldo Lake. Because of this, the entire Waldo Lake wilderness is closed, which includes basically all of the trails on the west, north, and south side of the lake. But the good news is that the lake itself and all the campgrounds on the east side, including North Waldo, Islet, and Shadow Bay, they are all open. So you can still go up, have that experience of camping in the campgrounds at Waldo Lake, going out and boating on the lake, and do all of that. But it's still a tough call about whether you want to visit, and it's a question that I've got a lot via emails and Twitter messages. So I wrote a story about it that published on Wednesday in the Statesman Journal and Eugene Register Guard. The short answer to this is that there is some upside and downside about going to Waldo Lake when there's a big fire nearby. So on the positive end, the area has been a lot quieter than normal. And while things can get pretty smoky at times, there are also a lot of times when the air is totally clear, the sky is totally blue, and that water is the same beautiful color as it ever was. Now, on the downside, if you're sensitive to smoke or have a respiratory condition, it's probably best to try somewhere else this year. There's also going to be firefighter traffic in some areas. And I talked to one person who said that ash actually rained down on him and his wife as they were out paddling. Like they were out paddling, the wind shifted, a huge smoke plume went up and it it rained down ash on him. So, you know, that's not going to be for everybody. And there is, of course, the chance that the fire could grow with this upcoming heat wave and, you know, that could put people in danger. I would not personally feel as though I was in danger, though, with a trip to Waldo Lake because there is a huge fire team that is there. They're watching this fire very closely. And the Forest Service is absolutely not shy about shutting down recreation in an area if they fear, feel there might even be a little bit of danger. So about this topic, to quote the uh, fire spokesperson, Cassidy Kern, uh, who told me, she said, if we were concerned about people's safety, we would close the lake. But right now we're not at that point. So that's what she told me. But don't just take it from me. Here's a little audio from a trip that we took to Waldo Lake yesterday for the story. The interviewer is legendary Eugene Register Guard photojournalist Chris Peach. And the first woman he interviews is named Ashley Juarez from Salem. And the second is a fellow named Robert Shackley of the Tri-Cities. Okay, so how long have you been up here? 
Uh, we just got in yesterday around 4 o'clock, so Monday at 4. Yeah, and how's it been? Uh, you know, it's it hasn't been too bad. Yesterday was, you know, you could smell it, kinda, and it was a little bit hazy. But this morning, it was gorgeous. You could barely see any smoke. Um, it's starting to come in a little bit, you yeah. know. But. So did you have any reservations about going ahead and coming up here anyway? When well, when we got to Oak Ridge, you know, they said, oh, there's fires all around, and it's closed all on the west west side. Yeah. So we got a little bit nervous, uh, but we, you know, came up, and when we saw everyone cutting down the trees, clearing the paths and stuff, we thought, oh, hmm, a little bit nervous. But when we got here, you know, it just seems normal to us, except for when you look over the, over the water. <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad we came. A lot of people canceled. Yeah. 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 Well, good for you. Yeah, you just got to, it's like uh, the weather in Oregon. You just got to go and hope for the best. You just gotta, yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, this year, uh, the Forest Service, uh, the guy who was in charge of this particular fire has been going on the YouTube and given a daily update with maps and all kinds of uh, projections of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And so this year I've had a lot better, you know, forecast of what's going to happen and felt a lot more comfortable coming up here um, because we just love this place. And uh, But I think the uh, public uh, information this year was better than it's ever been before. Yeah. And as a result, uh, it's been beautiful. We've been here almost a week, and it's been beautiful. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I drove through quite a bit of haze to get up here from Eugene, but when you're here, you'd never know until you went down to the lake there was even a fire burning there. Right. Uh, it basically in the in, in the day the wind comes up the hills and they'll blow the smoke over the lake. At night, when the when the winds go down, it's no wind here right now. For example, the smoke goes up; it doesn't come here. Yeah. So, do you, can you see the uh, flames from uh, the shoreline over there? Or is it just smoke all the time? Uh, it's about two and a half miles, according to the map, over down on the other side of the mountain. We see the smoke plume coming up. Yeah. But uh, we don't see the flames. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you like what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com slash explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com dot com slash recreation hyphen map and thanks to the oregon parks and recreation department which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in oregon's outdoors thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the explore oregon podcast